Hello, everyone. I am so excited for you to listen to this lesson today. Uh, we have a guest on. So this is Tori Sprinkle. She is an expert at personal brands for the go-to girlies. And really her, her obsession is turning that pretty little Pinterest board of yours into the brand you've always dreamed of. She works with women who need that boost of brand magic to back up their killer service suite that the world desperately needs. She specializes in lightning fast turnaround to help you show up efficiently, confidently, and consistently where it matters most these days online. She's a mom to two girls, and she really believes in showing them that corporate America isn't the only place to make a living and that having the freedom and courage to change lives through your own dreams is worth more than any traditional career path. I know y'all are going to love this episode. Tori is so brilliant, so much fun. We actually met in person at our December retreat last year and have been friends online, and she's just such a powerhouse, and I'm so excited for you to dive into this episode and learn more about Tori, learn more about personal branding, and really how you can start to build your own. Welcome to Spacious, the podcast for business owners, leaders, and CEOs who desire simplicity, sustainability, and spaciousness in their lives and in their companies. In this podcast, we'll dive deep with lessons, perspective shifts, coaching, and guests to help you find and create a spaciously successful business. I'm so glad you're here. Okay, I'm so excited to dive in. Tori, um, everyone's already heard your intro, but will you give us like the TLDR? Who are you? <laughs> what do you do? Tell us the 411. <laughs> Yes. Um, so I'm a personal brand expert. Um, I, I focus, my deliverables are like brand and web and social media design, but I really like to focus on the personal side of your business because that's what AI can't replicate. That's what other designers can't copy. Um, you could have the same font as everybody else, but nobody is going to do life like you do. And I think that's an important marketing piece, mm -hmm. if not the most important marketing piece to your business. Um, and I work a lot with moms because in my personal journey of branding and motherhood, I found it was really hard to figure out who I was. Mm. Um, and I didn't ask you if I could cuss or not on oh, here. You can. <laughs> Usually I throw F-bombs right now. <laughs> um, but I didn't know who the fuck I was after I became a mom. And, you know, figuring out your if you're the face of your business mm -hmm. and you're like, I don't even know who I am, then that's literally a question you can't even answer. And so you feel like you can't move forward in business at that point. Yeah. Um, and everyone else is just passing you by with all these like great reels and big followings. And you're like, how do I do that? Yeah. So I really like to figure that out beside you. <laughs> mm, I love that. I love that. I think, you know, I'm, I am not a mom currently. I mean, I'm a cat mom, but currently not a mom, but even I like have struggled with that question of like, wait, who am I again? <laughs> Because I'm like, I'm a hundred billion different people. I don't know. And so I think that's yeah. such an important thing to really navigate. And I'm sure becoming a mom that just, you know, gets thrown up in the air even more. So I just feel like that's maybe that important. that's what like adds fuel to the flame yeah. is the motherhood aspect, because at that point, you're no longer able to just do anything you want at any point mm -hmm. in your day. Mm -hmm. You become like really self-sacrificing. But it is, you know, maybe it's just growing up and it is a part of that too, is yeah. figuring out, okay, I used to be 
defined as this in high school. Maybe yeah. I was the athlete or I was the nerd or whatever, you know, that whole um, persona that you had. And now as you grow up and you don't have that anymore, yeah, I'm sure every everyone goes through that. But, yeah. um, you know, I believe in niching down. And yeah. so I understand the mom side. Yeah. Um, that's such a and just kind of leaned into that. <laughs> no, I love that. Because like, when you, I actually don't know this about you. No, I do know this about you. Tell me about the beginning of your business because you were a new mom, right? Um, I was a new mom for the second time. Oh, okay. So I, I was, it was, um, my oldest is Rowan. She's seven. My youngest is Hazel and she's three. Mm-hmm. And um, Rowan, I was a whole different person. I was um, essentially like a creative director at a specialty food company. And so I worked in packaging design and marketing, and that was really important to me. Um, and so I had the, had Rowan had the baby. And then immediately upon the first day of going back to work, I had to take her to daycare Mm -hmm. and it was just like the most heart wrenching feeling ever that I didn't even expect. Mm -hmm. And it never really went away. And so it just kind of gave me that drive to figure out how can I be both of these things? Mm -hmm. And it took me a very long time. My girls are four years apart. And so it wasn't by choice that I became a business owner, really. (laughs) I mean, it it is by choice, but I was kind of forced into it. So after COVID, um, my company, which I was remote at that point, downsized, and I was just slowly being like phased out as yeah. as marketing is always right. Those are the those are the dollars that go first. Yep. So um, I was phased out, and I was like, "Man, what do I even do? Like, do I go look on Indeed again for jobs, or do I lean into stay at home mom thing, which doesn't feel totally me? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know what to do." And so I was like, "I can't." apply for one more job. I cannot go sit through an interview. I can't go possibly sit in an office, um, especially after COVID, after we all have been working at home. (laughs) And so um, I just decided I'm going to build a website and I'm just going to put my my skills on there and what I like to do and maybe it'll work out. (laughs) And um, it did. It did. It looks a little different now, but um, I don't regret it for a second. There's so much... um, there's so much fear that happens in the beginning, even if you're excited about your business, because it, and I think we've talked about this offline too. It's like, when is that other shoe going to drop? Like it, is this going to just totally implode at one point? And then what do I do then? And um, there's just a lot of, a lot of thoughts and fears that happen, but you just got to roll with it. And I think listen to your people and everything evolves in the best way possible if you can just be like really adaptable. Yeah. I think that's a huge part. It's like being willing to evolve. Yeah. Like, does your like does your actual offerings look different? Like how does your how did your business look in the beginning versus like now? So in the beginning, I was really scared to say I was a brand and web designer mm-hmm. because I felt like I'd always been in corporate America and I worked on that side of things. Um and so for me to say I was a brand and web expert didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'm really good at, I I leaned into the word aesthetics. And so I was like brand aesthetics and all of that. And so I, I guess in a way without knowing it, I started as personal branding, but it was less about the person and it was more about figuring out your aesthetic and your vibe and your colors Mm -hmm. and maybe what you wear on camera. And like, it was a little more of the 
maybe beginner or not as deep, yeah. not as personal. Yeah. And so I leaned into that. Um, hey, sleepy baby, Rachel, who is still a client of mine, was my very first client. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I didn't know that. And so, yeah, so we've grown together over like the past three years. So um, and it's been amazing. But yeah, I I worked with her and it just kind of snowballed into the, oh my gosh, I had no idea that there was this space mm-hmm. where all of these women are growing businesses on Instagram. I didn't even know this existed. Yep. And this is exactly where I'm supposed to be working and making a difference. Like, I don't know if you ever worked in an office, but did you ever feel like at some point in your life, maybe you think your career is going to go a certain way and your dream is this. Mm -hmm. And for me, being like a package designer and working in corporate America, it was really hard to like pinpoint this is my purpose and Mm -hmm. I'm helping people. Like it was really hard for me to find what that was in that job. And right now I, it's like, I see it every day. I 100% agree with that feeling. Yeah. 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 I mean, I had like some cool jobs and some cool backgrounds, but it always, it always was like, Oh, this is just a thing that like I'm good at and they'll pay me for like, okay. I never really felt anything deeper than that until, until starting your own thing. Yes. Yeah. I like to call it like the ripple effect of our businesses. And, you know, it's, it's, you can really downplay your business if you really want to be negative about it. But in the grand scheme of things, like even at something as simple as branding and web design, if I'm working specifically with moms who are therapists for maternal mental health or sleep specialists or lactation consultants, any of these people have this like vast impact beyond my capabilities. And so it's like, I, and I like to also believe that growing this is beneficial for my community in general, but also my home life. Like if my sisters have babies, if my cousins have babies, if my children have babies, then they, they have this like whole village ready to support them. And I didn't have that, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. none none of this was like a part of my world (laughs) when I had kids. That's so special though. I love, I love the perspective of like the ripple effect or just knowing that like your work doesn't it's not transactional. Like it might be transactional because mm-hmm. you get paid for it or whatever, but it's not transactional. It's like, there's so much more that happens even from, you know, for me, like one coaching call, like I have so many things could come from that, that are like, it's so exciting. It's so cool to see. I think, I think that people forget about that and they get caught up in the algorithm and this and that. And I'm like, wait, can we just pause for a second and remember that like, there's a human on the other side and they have like their whole lives and like the work that you're yeah. doing together is changing something for them and that's going to ripple out and that's going to affect their families and their friends and their communities. It's just, yeah, I could get really romantic about it. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's really hard in the beginning of business. And I don't know where your ideal people usually are. I feel like they're usually more established, Mm -hmm. but in the beginning it's, you are, you're like so focused on admin tasks Mm -hmm. and growth and like all this stuff. And you forget like, I, I wish I would have established a personal brand and not been scared of doing that from day one yeah. and it not be me focused so much on services, which is important. But at some point, like now, three years in, yeah. it's more about who I am and like more about what I'm reading yeah. and what I'm showing you, what I'm reading or doing with the girls or whatever on my Instagram stories yeah. than about whatever deliverable I have. It's been six months since I've shown a portfolio piece on my my feed and I'm, (laughs) and I'm booked 
till for for a whole quarter. That's so it's like you don't the personal brand like there's there's so many case studies at this point that I've worked with that can prove that you should lean into yeah. that. Okay, that's actually I think a good segue. Maybe we should like talk a little bit specifically like kind of defining it just in case people are like, well, I keep hearing people talk about this, but like I'm a little yeah. lost. So like how do you what's like the 101? What's like the I want to be a personal brand first step. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I don't even know what Webster would define it yeah, as. I <laughs> I <laughs> um I guess I should probably have a full definition of it, but I just feel like it's getting your not only your personality across and it's not sharing every single aspect of your life mm-hmm. on Instagram or social media or in your emails or wherever you show up for marketing. It's choosing what parts of your life connect with your audience. Mm-hmm. And so I like to, and the way I even started, so the way I figured out how to help my clients do this is going through it myself mm-hmm. and doing the just personal brand journey. And that was starting to romanticize my day so I could appreciate my life because it was really hard to do that. So I wasn't excited to show up as myself in the face of my business and show parts of my life because I wasn't happy about it. I wasn't excited about it. I compared my selfies in the mirrors to everybody else's or I compared what my house looked like or what my clothes looked like. And really nobody cares. (laughs) I, I think it at some point more important for you to love your life and feel really proud to share it. And that is the energy that comes across. Like I could share a really cute photo, but the background have a pile of laundry and toys. But if I'm like really great in a really great energy space, Mm -hmm. that's what people are going to feel. Like I, I fully feel people that people feel energy through your phone. Yeah. Like, I just think that's a thing. <laughs> I, agree. I know you do too. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I think it's more important to start on, even if you explore taking photos or rearranging your house a little bit or picking things that you like to wear that make you feel pretty, yeah. not necessarily going and buying a ton of things. Like, what do you have at home? Mm-hmm. And feeling good and exploring taking content yeah. and not posting it, but just feeling really confident about it and proud of the life that you've created. Um, And so I think that is what translates into a personal brand because then you can easily show up. You can easily make a six second video in your bathroom with your makeup for real and it feels good or show up on stories for five little clips for your day and it all feels really aligned and it doesn't feel forced or that's another thing. I feel like if it feels icky or if you post it and you look at it and you're like, oh, that just doesn't Absolutely. feels a little cringe. I wish I should delete it. Like you delete it. Like <laughs> nobody cares. Yeah. Like I would rather you put up stuff that feels really good and aligned and you're proud of. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I love that. It's funny that you were saying that because I think I think I kind of like fell into it backwards because I started with maybe not backwards, but like the intention wasn't like, ooh, personal brand. The intention was I really want to feel as much like delight and joy in my day as possible. How can I do that? By noticing the details, by like really romanticizing the absolute shit out of everything, by, you know, leaning into being someone who's very aesthetically driven and like gets a lot of joy out of like a cute little motif, a cute little moment, a cute little like scene. Um, 
And, and so my direction was like, I just want that for the personal. And then I was like, Oh, like, why not capture this? Like, this makes me happy. This makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think like the, the thread there is like really letting yourself play in that energy of like, this is awesome. Like, this is cool. This is cute. This is a happy moment. This is beautiful to me. Even if it's like, like I, I told somebody remember years ago when I started talking about this journey I keep a joy list. And I was like, one thing on my joy list is mm. literally folding the blankets and laying them over the blanket ladder. So much joy seeing them all <laughs> like nicely folded and laying. like, I'm just like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Like I'm like, it's a stupid blanket ladder. And it like really did it for me at the time. <laughs> but yeah. There's there's a reason that the phrase visually pleasing exists, yeah. you know, but um it is our our brains, most of us, our brains really like things to feel like us and neat and put together. Mm -hmm. And it it doesn't always have to be perfect. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be minimal. It yeah. doesn't always have to be like the perfect Pinterest aesthetic photo. Yeah. But I think it's whatever brings you joy. And I think that that would be the homework I would give someone exactly the way you did it, yeah. <laughs> you know, find your joy list. Um, but I think in the mom side of things, it's really easy to have a handful of, I'm going to say excuses in the least negative way possible, yeah. but a handful of excuses like I could clean this living room and five seconds later, it's going to be a disaster mm -hmm. or I don't have time for that. Or, you know, there's a lot of things we could say and that's where I was. And I kind of just had to lean into the, all right, we're ditching mom guilt yeah. about any of this. And self-sacrificing, I believe is self-sabotage mm -hmm. and we're just going to get a little selfish. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to take, we're going to have a corner in our own room that maybe feels really nice. Um, even if you don't take content there, it doesn't always have to be about content, but even if it's like, I just want to go stand in this window that's really warm and sunny and drink my coffee for five minutes. And it, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, what are those little moments? If you only have 30 minutes of the whole day, that maybe goes to yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, how do we romanticize the shit out of it? Uh, yes. So <laughs> 100%, yes. Yeah. I love that so, so, so much. And I like, I couldn't agree more. I just think it's, um, yeah, there's another thought coming through and this is something I've actually been talking about with a lot of my clients and I don't have like the most articulate way to say it like really succinctly because it's usually like in conversation with my clients. Um, but there's something about this idea too of like not making yourself wrong for having, for example, the messy living room and like recognizing, wait, this is me being the embodiment of what I believe in. So for example, if you were a mom or even just a human that believed in like, I want to be so present with my kids. I don't want to be worried about the mess, right? I want to be just in the moment playing with them, mm -hmm. like fucking shit up. Like, let's go for it. Then you're going to have a messy living room, but like own that, make that right. This room is a mess right now because we built a fort all morning. Like be excited about that, make it right. And I think that's such a powerful practice for anybody. It sounds like for moms, especially, um, to really notice like, wait, how this looks or how I'm living or what I'm choosing here is actually me just embodying what I believe and care about. Yeah. And I think a lot of times it might get twisted mm -hmm. that taking moments to ourselves or not appreciating the fort that's being built in the living room is like, if I don't show that, or I'm not excited about that right now, then I have to like hide it mm -hmm. or, you know, that that's not really a part of me. But I 
the owning it thing is exactly is the best way to phrase it because if I showed up and usually it's photos of my office yeah. or me because that's just my my brand theme is all about me time. Yeah. And if I have the kids, they love building forts. So that was a perfect example. Oh, <laughs> forts in the living room, then the joy that you, if you feel joy in that moment, that's the energy, right? Yeah. So that's what we were talking about. So if that is bringing you joy, like why wouldn't you share that? Especially if you're like a, uh, your audience is for moms who are just like you, mm-hmm. they totally understand that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I love that. Yeah. It, it It's not about being perfect and not about being picture perfect all the time or every single moment. Romanticizing does not mean aesthetically pleasing and Pinterest worthy. Yeah. Romanticizing means you're finding joy in something beautiful that happened today. Yeah. And so that looks many different ways. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. That's like a good sentence. We'll put that on the, put that on the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and we're done here. <laughs> uh, <bye. laughs> no. um, okay. So this is something that like, I think is just a really relevant topic. I mean, your whole business is built off of this. Um, in a lot of ways, this is a big part of what my business is too. This is, I think a, a topic that is becoming really, really popular this year. Like what, why now? Like, why is it important in the year of our business, 2024. <laughs> the year of our Lord. Um, <laughs> um, I think people are terrified of AI capabilities. Yeah. And so I think like even I never hop on Facebook and I hopped on Facebook because my grandmother sends me messages there. Mm-hmm. So I check it occasionally. And <laughs> I hopped on Facebook. Book, and I guess the algorithm read personal brand in all of my cookies that live on my laptop. Mm-hmm. And there was literally a woman teaching a class about how to use AI to like build your personal brand. Oh. And it was all about the photos, like none of her photos were real. They were all AI photos, all of her, like it was literally how to build a personal brand and business through AI. Oh. And I screenshot it and I need to like really dissect it yeah. because it was just so opposite of what I teach yeah. because it's so like AI is the opposite of authenticity. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think the the year of the personal brand and it being a buzzword is because there's all these things happening right now that are the opposite of being authentic. So we're we're building this business as ourselves, and I think there's fear behind is AI going to take over my business. Mm-hmm. The, the answer is being yourself like that cannot be replicated at all. And so if we're leaning into that now, you're just like snowballing yeah. your business ahead of everything else when bots are answering DMs and like yeah. all of all of that stuff um, that feels just really wrong. Like, I think there's a time and place for it, but obviously building your portraits for your business and writing your emails and your captions is not it. Like that yeah. needs to be your voice and who, who you are. Um, so I think it's kind of like the answer to the problem is what people are trying to, yeah. to, to fill. And, um, you know, I, what's funny is this just popped into my head as like a connection. When I was in my master's program, one of my MFA like final projects was, making this case of why Etsy blew up Mm. in this huge time of a tech boom. Mm -hmm. 
And so I had to make art about this. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I like hand wove with fabric a six foot by six foot QR code oh, wow. that you would scan. And then it went to this website that was all hand illustrated. So it was all like this inner twining of tech and handmade. So cool. But the research behind it was Etsy exploded because tech was happening and China manufacturing was happening at such a fast rate that artists and real people who are making a living off of pottery or like that was the thing in the beginning for Etsy, right? Yeah. Like it was like coffee mugs and yeah. hand woven things. Yeah. And so that was the answer to the problem. Yeah. You know, Etsy was like, nope, we're going to, we're going to fight this China manufacturing and the tech boom and we can't lose our humanity. Yeah. So here's like our thing. And I th think that's what's happening with business. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, especially in service-based businesses, you and I, like we rely on relationships 100%. to grow our business and keep our business sustainable. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is the only way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, yeah. I just so anyway, that was a little that, that was a little trip down memory lane. That's a really cool project also. <laughs> but I like if I guess you know what it feels really relevant um to me right now as you're saying this is like I think last year people had, you know, collectively like there's a conversation that like last year was really hard. And I've said on the podcast before, like I don't I just like don't choose to engage in that. I'm like, okay, like every every year has a thing, <laughs> like everything, like the algorithm's constantly changing. Like it's always evolving. Like adaptability is, you know, such a skill set um, to really gain and master in entrepreneurship. Um, but what I'm realizing as you're talking is like, I think a lot of the struggles that people were, were feeling, and I'll say like for people that I know that have been in the space for, you know, quite some time and built businesses when, you know, since 2015, 2016, like went through all the bro marketing stuff, like had the completely automated evergreen webinar where they never talked to humans. Like people have experienced all of that. Their businesses are struggling right now. And it's not because they're not good at what they do. It's because they're not connected to their people. They're not, they're mm -hmm. not having conversations. And a lot of my clients who did not see a dip last year or saw a very minimal dip last year are the people who even if they're making multi six, seven figures are still having conversations with their clients are still in the DMS, just like chatting it up, being a real human. And I'm like, that's the mm -hmm. answer y'all. It's like, be a real human. Mm -hmm. The end. I think, I think like someone, I think Xanthi said this to me and on an unrelated note, but mm -hmm. at one point she, her response to one of my questions was the community knows. And so I think the whole idea of webinars where you don't talk to people and bots answering DMs and all of that stuff. I think those are businesses who are maybe more on a profit side, maybe trying to make a quick buck, grow a business really quickly. Mm -hmm. And there's not a whole lot of like sustainability thought yeah. happening. Yeah. And so I think our community is going to know, like our community knows like these aren't my ride or die mm -hmm. people. And our people are never like if we think about our ideal clients, they're not people who value that. Right. Our people value relationships. And so I, if you lean into the relationships and those are also what your people value, then I think we can get rid of that fear of our businesses yeah. struggling at some point. Yeah. Um, because that's that's the whole point of the personal brand, I think, as an end game mm -hmm. is the is pivotability a word? I don't know. It is now. But it is now is the ability to like pivot. And just as I'm doing it, like I have this really 
fun group program that's yeah. launching soon. I've never done that ever in my life. And I've always been on the deliverable side of things, but I really wanted to lean into this relationship side of my business mm-hmm. that's not all about just color palettes and fonts yeah. and logos. Um, because there's two problems with branding and one's visual and one's mindset. Mm-hmm. And so um leaning into that and even just like having these conversations beforehand, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I don't even know what my business is gonna look like in a couple years, but I know that I'm gonna have friends forever from just leaning into this. Um yeah. And so th- your fan base, um, I like to say like you're you're rallying your fan club, right? Yeah. And so you're rallying your fan club that's like your ride or dies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That yeah. Yes. I just <laughs> Yes. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I I just think it's such yeah. It's such an important conversation. Sometimes I feel a little like a little what's the right word here? Maybe like blase when people are like, I'm worried about AI. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, I mean, and then maybe they think I'm really ignorant. I'm like, I'm not ignorant. I understand that, like, why this could be fearful, but I don't think this has to be fearful for people who and, are doing and gonna, this way. Yeah. Yeah. And I and there's gonna be something after AI. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, there's also the scary side of we don't even know AI's full capabilities. Like we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And there's a lot of great things. Like we have been a human race for a very long time. <laughs> and there have been things, the car being, you know, created, like there's yeah. been so many things that happened that have moved us forward. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you need to necessarily like go automatically and become this, like, what did they call them during COVID essential workers? Yeah. So like, you don't need to go back, be an essential worker, or, like have this backup plan. Yeah. I think just be really good at what you're doing now and believe in your people and what you're doing and we'll be fine. Yeah. And again, adaptability. I think that's such a huge thing. So just being your services being adaptable, your personal brand even being adaptable because they are not going to be the same in five years than who you are now. You're supposed to grow as a person and it's not supposed to be like, hey guys, I've been working on this for five years and I've decided today I'm really into being in a part of the Renaissance fair. I don't know, something <laughs> yeah. really weird. Yeah. And you're like, what? Oh, you <laughs> nothing about, yeah. Yeah, that's actually yeah. a lot of times when people ask me about the pivot from design to coaching. I'm like, don't do what I did because I did that. I was like, surprise, okay. I'm a coach. <laughs> and I'm like, and it, you know, there was a ton of mindset stuff there. I was just so scared to tell anybody and I still had design oh, plans. Yeah. And, you know, there was all of these, these different reasons that in my head made a lot of sense. But now in retrospect, I did not bring anyone along on the journey. And I was just like, Hey, I do this thing now. Do you want to do this with me? And people are like, what? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You have to. And that's even like the group program I talked about from day one, from deciding I'm doing this. I just said, I think I'm going to do this. Do you guys want this? Yeah, really. You know, (laughs) and everyone was like, yes, but everyone could have said no. And then I could have been like, cool, not wasting my time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think there's a lot of answers that can happen in just the sharing of everything. Um, So yeah, that's one piece of advice I would give anyone is take people on a journey of whatever you're doing, whether it's personal brand, whether it's services, your pivot, any of that. Like, again, you are inviting people in. There's this like bringing people along on the journey is that like art of invitation. Like you want to bring them in on 
everything and make them feel like this is a welcome space. I have this little secret to tell you. Like they're they're just like your besties or your sister, or whoever you tell that stuff to anyway. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I tell my business friends and people like you like way more about business side of my life than my family because they don't even understand it. Totally. <laughs> you know? totally. My sister is a nurse. Um, <laughs> my mom is a teacher. Like, yeah. yeah, they don't understand this. They're like, what you, okay. You're just on Instagram all day. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think, I think just sharing in the journey is the secret sauce. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. And knowing that people, I mean, we're all a little nosy. We all want to know. And like, I think people get excited to feel like they, to feel that connection with somebody. Like, even if, even if you were sharing something that I couldn't specifically relate to, I'm like, Ooh, but that little nugget or how she decorated her house there. Like I'll like, I comment on the weirdest thing in people's stories. Like it's rarely about Mm -hmm. the thing that they're posting. I'm like, I'm looking around. I'm like, what about that? (laughs) Tell me more over here. Like, I just want to feel connected and like, I know you, you know? I feel that too. I feel like I regularly do that. Like I'll leave a comment on someone's, I did this the other day. I was like, okay, but those pants are so cute. And I was like, I didn't even read the caption. (laughs) And it was literally like, leave me a comment about if you would rather like something really important. (laughs) And I was like, I am the asshole that just was like, I'm not reading, I'm reading, but those pants though. I love that so much. Me too. <laughs> but I also like, I love to receive those kind of comments and I just assume everyone else does as well. So like, why not? Uh, that's so good. Yeah. I wonder if it's like even just still some backlash from our COVID mm-hmm. trauma that happened mm-hmm. um, and just being in business in general, like not anyone, no one in our household understands our business yeah. except for us or as well as us. Mm-hmm. And so that nosy factor is, or even just the commenting and and snooping and doing all that is like it on a on a level like if you and I walked into a room together there would be this understanding of we both run this online business and we don't really have to explain what we do to each other but we can talk about other things at the same time yeah and motherhood's a level like that too yeah and so when you have like both of those things yeah you're like okay I don't have to explain much to you it's like well we went on the retreat yeah so we went on the retreat and we all went there and we were like Okay, I don't have to explain how I make money on Instagram. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> like, like you can get this part of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's yeah. It is such a different feeling being in rooms like that or connected on Instagram with people like that. Even like I have entrepreneurial friends here that run very different types of businesses than than you or I do. And even those conversations, I'm just like, so you know I'm I'm good at business too, right? <laughs> Like, I just don't know how to talk to them, like, in the same way that I could immediately pick up a conversation with you with, you know, just a couple of DMs exchange and then be like, obviously, we know everything about each other and it's great, you know? Yeah. And maybe it's the title thing Mm -hmm. or maybe it's the, you know, I'm sure there are some people who are in our circles who are very high up in, like, I don't know what even a, a like a fortune magazine 30 under 30 yeah. or like whatever that important stuff is yeah. to some people um and so there's like that like if i walked into my parents house and they were like what do you do and i'm like oh well i am the ceo of toyota i don't yeah. know why i said that but like something they understand yeah. they understand that yeah um so yeah maybe it's the title thing and like john coming home he asked me the other day 
because we just call him the CEO of life. We stole that from Xanthi and Frank. Yeah. And um, because that's what it is. But he's like, I don't want to flounder when people ask me at the soccer field yeah. what I do. Yeah. And it not say CEO of life, which is just a fancy way of staying stay at home dad. Yeah. And so, but he does so much more than that. Like, yeah. I don't touch numbers. I don't, there's so much I don't touch and that I can do this stuff because yeah. he's doing that. Yep. So I think it's just like we've been conditioned and grown up in this like society where your title is so, a defining factor of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so. the personal brand kind of gets to like fight against that in a, in a nice way too. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just me and yeah. these are some of the things I do and care about and talk about and help people with. Yeah. And it's way beyond like if you ever read articles about like, I don't know, some big exec in a huge company, they would try to like, they would put all these great things he did in his career and then they'd sprinkle it at the end. He lives in Virginia with his family and surfs on the weekend yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and it was like his life is so much smaller. Yeah. And I feel like they should be equal. Yeah. <laughs> I yes, that's so true. Even like, yeah. I'm thinking of like the like the author profiles like in books or whatever. And it's like wait, I think even my like standard bio kind of says it a little bit. I'm gonna go visit that. I think it's like at the end, it's like it was in Charleston. <laughs> da, 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 da. And it shouldn't. It should yeah. be all interwoven. It should be a little balance. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's such a good example. Also, I just love CEO of life. That's so fun. Yeah. I Frank, we can thank Frank for that. Thanks, Frank. <laughs> uh, okay, this is so good. Okay. I feel like I feel like it's is there anything that we that we didn't talk about that you're like, I really want to touch on this? I don't know. That was pretty good. I mean, I felt like that was pretty good. Too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I always—I don't know about you, but I like blackout usually. Yeah, but then I'm when like, I do this really I cool thing, I'm like a huge advocate of this for things that you create, um, like courses and programs, but also even like podcast interviews and stuff like that. Of like listening back and being like, wow, like I'm brilliant, like it's <laughs> so good there. And so whenever, <laughs> whenever I like listen back, like when I'm on someone else's podcast, and I'm like, you know, I go in like, what did I even say? Like, oh no. And then I'm listening, I'm like, who is that girl? She's so good. That's amazing. Yes, so. the one that just came out, I was so proud of it. I sent it to my parents, Aww. and my text message said, um, I hope this gives a little glimpse into what I do, but also like, thank you for letting me be whatever I want to be. Mm-hmm. And they like wrote back, they like shared it with their friends. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is, this is another driver for just like doing this. Po- it's not be- just being PR for myself. Yeah. Like this is important. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So anyway, I thought that was, I think that's great advice. I love that. <laughs> I, love that they were, I love that they shared it too. That's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> they were very sweet. That's very sweet. Um, but yeah, no, I'm happy to answer any other questions or well, I, I don't like know. <laughs> to I like to wrap it up. So the podcast is called Spacious. I like to wrap it up by asking everybody kind of their interpretation or like what is what a spacious business might look or feel like for them. I just think it's helpful with words like that to to give people more than one standard definition. So for you, the idea of spaciousness, like what does that look like? What does that feel like for you? What's that like in your life and business? Currently, because I still have small children, mm-hmm. um, I feel like a really spacious day or week, I never feel like 
I need to get a break from something. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like I've put really great positive time into work. I put really great positive time into my marriage and whatever things are happening with my children and like that it never gets to a point where I'm like stressed and want to just like totally run away and head to target for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> like I I want to feel like they can all exist together and if I need to step away from work, I can easily do that. Mm-hmm. And I can easily work next to my children. Like it just all works together. It's like, I don't know, one big pretzel or something. Yeah. Like it just like all is together. That's how I, in my mind, I picture it, I guess. It's just like a big soft pretzel. Um, That's like my favorite food. So I love this. <laughs> With a big chunk of salt. Here for it. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were my person. (laughs) Um, But yeah, yeah. I want to never feel like I have to just like break away. Yeah. Like I want to be confidently stepping away from any spot that I'm doing or leave with a desire. But it's like, cool. I did did a good job here. I can go here now. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think of, like I say a lot, like the kind of like no rush energy. Like, oh, I can put this down. Like Mm -hmm. there's no... It'll be there when I come back to it. Like it's time to go do this other mm-hmm. thing instead. Like mm-hmm. just that feeling is such a good feeling. Yeah. It's really hard sometimes. And I know <laughs> last time we chatted, I was like, I don't know how to just chill in those non-chill moments. Yeah. But you're doing it. And no, yeah, I've been doing your advice where you were like, I need to literally out loud just say, I can't. Yeah. I just can't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it works. It's worked this week. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I, I feel like I have talked about this on the podcast. So some people maybe have context, but maybe not. But the idea of, of just being realistic with I can't actually do that right now is such a mm-hmm. such a helpful mm-hmm. tool. I love that it's mm-hmm. I love that it's helpful. That's amazing. Thanks. I mean, you're very helpful. Thank you. Like, I do. I brag. <laughs> You should. You should. Oh, it's so good. Okay. I'm sure that everyone's going to be obsessed with you because how could they not? Um, where do people come hang out with you? Like what's what's going on in your world? Give them all the, the deets. Yes. I am on Instagram, of course. We've chatted about that mm-hmm. at Tori Sprankle. Um, I'm hoping you'll have show notes because that last name is a beast. <laughs> um, <laughs> <I will. laughs> but, but the website is the same, torysprankle.com. Um I work in both deliverables of brand and web and social media. It's on a very quick VIP type timeline. Um, so it's like a week delivery for things. Um, but also, as we mentioned, the group program is happening. Um, so that may be going on for the first round when this drops or the wait list is hot for the second round. So, um, yeah. I'd love to connect. I love a voice memo. I will shoot those usually before anything else. So send me voice memos in the DM. I love that. And we'll link to everything, um, your website, your your Instagram, and your offers, the group program. I'm so excited about the group program for you to, yeah. to lead and facilitate that. It's going to be amazing. So definitely check that out. And thank you. Yay, thank here. you. This was I so, so appreciate it. Yeah. Same, <laughs> same, same, same. Okay. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening and we'll see you or I will see you next week. What was your takeaway from this episode? What action are you going to take? Come share it with me over on Instagram. It's linked in the show notes. There you will also find any other important information from this episode. 
If you're enjoying the podcast, why not share it with a friend or leave a review? This helps others find the show and I would be so grateful for your support.